Hey, Rewatchers, Keith here. Um, we've got a special episode for you that is, I guess you could say, like, from our vaults. A lost episode, if you will. Um, Eamon and I recorded this um, months ago, actually, and it just kind of never fit into our schedule, and we didn't release it. Being the summer months, uh, you know, all of us are kind of really busy. Some of us are taking vacations. We've all got stuff going on, and so we figured now would be a good time to release it uh, before our big one-year anniversary, and we get back into the swing of things. Make sure to check out our live one-year anniversary event that's going to be at the Philly Podcast Festival. There's going to be details in this episode about info on it, and you can always find those details on our Facebook page as well. Um, so without further ado, on to our special bonus episode, and we've got a very special uh, interview guest uh, that I think everyone's going to really enjoy, and he's got great insights into the production of the original Highlander motion picture. Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the one, the only Highlander podcast, where each and every week we go over another facet of the wild, the wonderful, and weird Highlander franchise. I'm one of your rewatchers, Keith. And this is Eamon. And welcome to a very special bonus episode. Bonus. Yep, Kyle is away in Carolina, North Carolina mm-hmm. for a wedding still. This is, mm. He's been away for weeks so at long. this damn this wedding. Is a long wedding. It's a lot of ceremony. Mm-hmm. Pomp. Yep. Well, the person hasn't. They haven't met the person they're marrying. They're no. just. They're down there searching. They. They're looking for love. Oh, okay. In all the wrong places. Yep. And he brought Kyle along uh, to help. And his and his whole wedding party mm-hmm. to be like, when I find her, we got to be. We got. We got to be ready. Yeah. So they're all down there searching for love. It's taking a little longer than we <laughs> thought, but you know the show must go on. Mm. Mm-hmm. Queen song. Ah, a good Queen song. Very good. Yes. I don't know if I wait. What does that go like? I'm not gonna sing it. Why not? Because I'm terrible at singing, so... Just give us a few bars. The show must go on. The show... It's like that kind of over... Inside my heart is breaking. A popular one? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's on their best of albums and stuff. Uh, I suck. Yeah. Check it out. It's a good song. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, we wanted to do a little bonus episode today because we don't want to leave you guys hanging. So, uh, we got some extra reader mail that we haven't, you know, gotten to in some of the previous episodes. So, we're going to read some reader mail and then we have a very special guest coming up later in the show. So, what do we got, Eamon? Uh, so this is an email we got from Forrest P. And, uh, this is in question to a question <laughs> i had earlier where an answer to a question that's right an answer to a question there we go, there we go. Of, if you're an immortal today you know swords aren't really commonplace where, where are you gonna get a sword i mean i'm sure you can get one but it, it doesn't seem like it would be <laughs> like an easy thing like i couldn't tell you where to get a real sword right um so Forrest has this to say, with regard to where modern immortals get their swords, what if the History Channel TV show Forged in Fire is really fronted by immortals who need new sources for swords? Also, Richie is a pretty straightforward guy with a snarky side. I could see him just learning to fight with a machete really well and then just grabbing them at Walmart whenever he stops by. (laughs) That's pretty funny. I like that. (laughs) That makes me think of those commercials... We were watching a bunch of these where the guys are like cutting meat. What is it? Real steel? 
Yeah. Oh, man. If, if you haven't, we should post some of these to yeah. our Facebook page this week. So look up Real Steel on YouTube, mm-hmm. and it is a sword replica company. Well, but they're something? real, right? Because they can actually chop stuff. Real steel, yeah. Yeah, they're real so. steel. Uh, and so they have these like demo videos showcasing how well their products work, yeah. and they're the best. They're legitimately entertaining. Well, first, the company, like the people that are running it, are overweight dads. Yeah. Like, so everyone in the the videos have like tucked in button up shirts, yeah. and khakis, but they're wielding like these like giant yeah. swords, <laughs> and then they just hang up like. All sorts just of cow crazy carcasses, yeah. and they just like they just chop at stuff. Like, they're, they're chopping through pipes. They're chopping through like water coolers. Yeah, like, uh, like the hood of a car, yeah. I think. And then like also dummies, and that's yeah. the one that's like. But they're the, a little intense. The dummies because... are like gelatinous and have like <laughs> organs stuffed in them. <laughs> oh man, they're good. Check these out. We'll yeah. link to some of them. They're on the really Facebook funny. Page. If if. What of you guys is listening and wants to be on the podcast? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, we'd love to talk to a sword yeah. expert. And, awesome. ooh, and down the road, we do have a sword expert coming ooh, on the show. Stay tuned. Very nice. Mm. So, yeah, Richie with a machete. What do you think of that? A machete. I like the, uh, the machete. Is yeah. a, I think, a good weapon choice yeah, for him. I think uh, it is, too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about weapons to, like, really know Me neither. what his, like, thing would be. I mean, a machete is good for chopping, certainly. Yeah. Duh. But, like, <laughs> this is a really stupid statement. But, <laughs> like, I mean, fighting against another weapon, how would it hold up? Yeah, I mean that's that's one of those things that like you have to suspend. Well, as we never dis- suspend yeah. our disbelief yeah. watching this show ever for if the purposes of yeah. humor, everyone humor. <laughs> if that's uh, one criticism we could give ourselves, right. is we never suspend our disbelief, <laughs> and we know we do yeah. uh, or don't. Um, oh, but that's that's always one of these, those things in the show. It's like there's no way you can like someone that's has like a, a fencing rapier, yeah, could fight someone with a broadsword, right. like. They're too like they're like just the sword would like break. Yeah, like the <laughs> styles are too different. Like yeah. it just it, it would never happen. But it's totally fun to watch because mm-hmm. those swords stand for more than just the piece the metal they're made of. Like, right, they're extensions of the character. Mm-hmm. It's cool stuff, guys. Yes. So anyway, very cool. So also today we wanted to thank some people that left us some reviews on iTunes. Uh, so we want to thank John Cellini for giving us ah uh, five stars. Thank Sweet. you, John. Um, and he says, a really great trip down memory lane for any Highlander fan. A good mix of humor and background material make for great entertainment. A weekly listen for me. Thank you very much. We appreciate that, yeah, John. Thank you, John. Yeah. Um, uh, we have a review from Tina B8. Five stars. Thank you very hey. much. Highlander Rewatched is the way to go if you just need to make fun of the fact that you love Highlander. All fans <laughs> of this show know there are holes in the content and they attack them fantastically. Love the way they can tear an episode apart, but then do what we all do and admit they loved it anyway. So thankful there are still fans out there willing to love this show right along with me. Cheers to Kevin, Kyle, and Eamon. Who's Kevin? We should get him in and have him sub for for Kyle. Yeah. I think Kevin's me. You're Kevin. Okay. From now on. It's okay, Tina B. (laughs) Just made a little mistake there. But, uh... Kevin, thanks for all your hard work. I guess you don't listen that much, Tina. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Tina. Thank you very much for the you review, know. and thank you for listening. And that's another good point. You know, we do kind of pick apart the show, but it's out of love and humor. Like, you might make fun of your little brother or... Or sister. That's true. Or little sister. Don't leave your sister out. Don't leave your sister out. I, I do appreciate the fact that we can be just like, we're like, this is so stupid. Yeah. Fuck this plot point. And then yep. it's like, any final thoughts, guys? This is a good episode. Yeah, a yeah. minus. A minus. <laughs> really good, guys. <laughs> well, it's just like, 
It keeps us coming back to the well each and every right. week. So that must say something. All right. We've got a big email from B. Barbato. He writes, hey, guys, really digging the podcast so far. I usually can't get into podcasts, but I think the combination of it being Highlander mixed with humor and a critical eye manages to hold my attention. I love how a lot of the odd dialogue and scenes become running gags. Um, when the one episode began with the remix of Duncan's Bizarre Singing, I was laughing so hard, I thought I'd crash my car. Parentheses, I was listening on my way to work, in case you're thinking, laughter compels me to go outside and cause traffic accidents. <laughs> uh, the Caleb impressions, and most recently, the what you don't do lines are now firmly locked in my mind. I'm still on season one, using the podcast as an excuse to rewatch the series again, though I know I've seen all season uh, one eps at least ten times each. I just finished episode 11 today, and it was another good expose on how underwhelming the writing and plot development is early in the series. However, while listening to it, I had a thought that I'd like to share. On the topic of the revolving door of police characters in the series, Is it occurred to me that there could actually be an in-universe explanation for it all. What if these detectives and other officers are purposely transferred because they're getting too close to figuring out that Duncan is an immortal? Hmm. Mm, I like this. Yeah. Consider that we know a lot of watchers infiltrate a lot of organizations to keep an eye on their subjects. It wouldn't be too absurd to think that there was at least one watcher in an influential position on the police force. This would allow for a number of advantages in keeping tabs on immortals and being on the scene of the aftermath of an immortal duel. Plus, we know from the next episode that chief of, the chief of police, Andrew Ballin, is also an immortal. So it's easy to imagine there's a watcher close by. Interesting. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's that would a make sense. Theory. I mean, that actually makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, it's too bad they don't like, well, I guess that's a season one thing that they drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they don't have the, I guess, uh, ability to explore. The, like, I feel like if they had kept the cop element, they mm-hmm. might have introduced a watcher right. cop and done something similar to what mm-hmm. you mentioned. I guess the cops and the watchers don't really overlap by the time the no. watchers become. Because they just point. drop the cops. Like, there's yeah. no investigations. The bodies mm-hmm. maybe just disappear. Or it's just yeah. It just becomes a thing. They never call out, which is good because yeah. you don't thinking about it too much is bad. Yep. So just ignore it. And <laughs> yep. yeah, I'd rather the show ignore it and just be like, oh, who cares? It yeah. doesn't matter because mm-hmm. it's a fun fantasy show. That's right. So thank you so much, <laughs> uh, Mr. B. Barbato, for yeah. your great email. Thanks I really appreciate the kind words. Actually, and it's really great every time we get an email. Yeah. I don't know. I appreciate the encouraging words. We do, uh, all of us put a lot of work into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of crazy sometimes. Yeah. It's late, uh, late nights yeah. editing clips and, yep. you know, getting ready and all this stuff. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like a part time job for yeah. most of us. So we appreciate the feedback, everybody, and we thank everybody for tuning in every week. So we have another uh, email from Jill S., um, and this is related to the episode Eye for an Eye, which we covered recently. So here's one for y'all. Sheena Easton played Caitlin Davies in Miami Vice, season four, episode eight, Like a Hurricane. Caitlin fell in love with Sonny Crockett, and they get married in that very episode. She stays through to episode 11. Then they part for a bit. She returns in episode 21, wherein the wife of a criminal is killed. The criminal blames Sonny and shoots Caitlin dead. Not only is she dead, but she was seven weeks pregnant. Crockett loses his inhibition in grief and pain and shoots the man dead. Then they go to the next episode where he loses his memory and thinks he really is the drug dealer he acts as while undercover drama. There we go. (laughs) Yeah. Some Sheena Easton... Trivia. Easton tidbits. Yep. Yeah. Uh, somebody else pointed out on our Facebook page that Sheena Easton was in William Shatner created oh, Tech, Tech War. Wars right. movie. 
I think which, Dominic S. Pointed yeah, out. yeah. Which like I knew Tech War was a book. I didn't it's like know a they lot made of books, a movie. Right? Like it's yeah. like a big thing. Yeah. I've never read them. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Maybe we should watch it. <laughs> I actually put the full movie on Facebook. You can watch the full movie like on YouTube. Nice. So go find that comment, and you can watch <laughs> Tech War, <laughs> or just search for it in YouTube. Uh, here's an email from Jeff S. Hello, Eamon, Kyle, and Keith. A few things. I love the podcast. You guys do a great job, as I have mentioned on Facebook. Oh, thank you. I'm just mad I didn't think of it first, as the Highlander world is so rad. Ha ha. Highlander is my go-to on Hulu when I run out of things to watch. So I've seen the episodes multiple times, all the way back to when they originally aired. I only listened to a few of the first season podcasts and had to move on to your newer stuff so I can listen in more real time. Living in Los Angeles, we have a lot of time in the car, so these bode well. Were you guys film majors? If not, you have done really done your homework, especially on production companies and distribution. Up about a month ago, I was working in the entertainment industry for Deluxe Technicolor Post-Production Distribution. Hated it, mainly dealing with Disney. Ooh. Anyway, Disney. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you were probably like, what the fuck? We don't want this dude's bio. <laughs> so it's, that's fine, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> so on to a couple of Jeff, observations. Jeff, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so on to a couple of observations, statements, and or questions. One, what happens if a person who has been chosen to become immortal like Richie never actually gets killed egregiously by unnatural means, but just grows old and dies of natural causes like a heart attack? Does he then wake up as a 90-year-old immortal? Uh, what do you think? So they they do cover this in the series. Like the, ah. the, they do answer this question because it's mm-hmm. a good question. Uh, and I, also in Highlander Endgame, they talk mm-hmm. about this. Uh, so according to the show's mythology, you have to suffer a violent death, uh-huh. like an unnatural death, to trigger your immortality. Otherwise, you just die of natural causes and it goes away. <laughs> so number two, so we have a pretty decent amount of immortals running around the world. Just from what we see in the show, 120 plus. So let's double that because of all the unknown immortals. With all the beheadings that occur, does nobody consider this a pandemic? Wouldn't someone think, hey, this is odd that we're seeing so many beheadings. Heads and bodies just lying around. Yeah, that's normal. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Love the artwork. Oh, thank you. Yes, and for those who don't know, Eamon has done all our artwork. Yes. It's really fantastic stuff. Oh, thank you so much. Um... You should seriously consider making a few teas of the couple of Highlander rewatch pictures used in representing the podcast to sell to the public. I would be down for one. Help promote your pod. Would you guys be interested in merchandise? Yeah, if you, if you would. We, we've been talking about it here. We've got a couple ideas in the works and some things in the pipeline. So yeah. uh, let us know if that's something you guys are into because yeah. we're certainly into it. Uh, also, to answer Jeff's question, none of us have film backgrounds, although I think we're all, we all like film a lot. Yeah. For me, I'm really into the distribution side of things. That's yeah. a passion for me. That's, <laughs> that's what I read up on a lot. Like, what kind of laws do they have? International copyrights and all that. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. Reading the trades, yep. as they call them. Don't bring night vision goggles to a match fight. I seriously laughed out loud. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jeff, for the email. Yes, thank you, Jeff. Very nice. Can't get enough of Highlander? 
and need to own a piece of the history at home? Then you need The Gathering on VHS. A must for any serious Highlander fan. This historical premiere episode of the television series starts Christopher Lambert in his only television appearance. This passing of the sword from Lambert to Adrian Paul is the stuff of legends. How much do you think this one-hour VHS is? <laughs> $40. It is $20. Wow. But that's like almost $40 today. Yeah. For 42 minutes of television. That is why they didn't make TV shows on VHS format back in the day. Yeah. Very expensive. Jesus Christ. I guess this is before Endgame came out. Yeah. Because then he literally passes the sword. Sort of, kind of. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Well, thanks, everybody, for writing in. We also have another special treat for this episode. We have a guest in the studio today. Please join us in welcoming uh, Christoph Lambert's stunt double. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, And (laughs) what is your name? full name again? (laughs) Uh, My name is uh, Christopher Lambert. Oh, actually. you're <laughs> yeah. okay. You're Lambert. Yeah, I'm Lambert. Okay, and are are you related to Christopher Lambert? Christoph Lambert? Nope. No, it's just a happy coincidence. Just a coincidence. Okay, That's so right. you were uh, his stunt double on all the Highlander, on all his projects, I suppose, right? Every project he has ever done, in which stunts were involved, I did his stunt doubling, as they say, in the business. In the business. Okay, mm. so how did you? Did did he contact? Like, how did you two get together originally? Did you meet on the original Highlander set for the first time? Yeah, that was the first time we had ever met. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were shooting this this movie, this picture. That's what we call it the in pictures? the industry. The picture. I was reading a newspaper, and they actually had an ad in there, and it said uh, Christopher Lambert stunt double needed, and I was like, "That's my name." I didn't realize it was pronounced differently. Okay. In the ad. So you thought someone was looking... For me. For a stunt double for you. Yeah, it was confusing. They were looking for a Christopher Lambert stunt double. That's right. <laughs> and I was like, I don't get it. Okay. I wasn't aware of this. Uh-huh. So I went to the address to kind of figure out what was going on. Right. And I find out, no, it's Lambert. We're doing this movie, Highlanders. So, you know, I thought, hey, I'll, I'll do that. Cool. So let's let's talk about, like... The nitty gritty of the movie. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like there's it's a it's a big action adventure movie. There's a lot of stunt work in no, it. Oh, uh, you got a uh, sword fighting and kung fu and uh, sipping wine. So and... did Kristoff do any of the his own stunts, or are you what we're seeing? Are we seeing Lambert on screen during all the sword fights? Or are we seeing Lambert? You know, it's a little from column A, little from little column from B. B. That's right. Okay. So what kind of like uh, I'm trying to think of some really cool stunts they do. Oh, there's the whole underwater scene. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. How did you guys film that? I'm sure Christopher Lambert couldn't have been underwater. That oh, one. no, 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 no. Okay. Christopher, he uh, he couldn't be bothered to do that underwater stuff. So they got me in there. Uh, you know, I grew up by the beach. I'm a bit of a... Uh, <laughs> I have my, my, my scuba training. Okay. You know what those letters stand for? I don't. I know they stand for something. That's right. So, uh, hold on. Underwater... Breathing apparatus. Self Self contained. Self contained. Underwater breathing apparatus. That's right. (laughs) You are an expert. So, how long did did you use scuba equipment or did you just breathe underwater? Did you just hold your breath? I just held my breath. How long did you have to hold your breath? Uh, well, (laughs) 
as long as I could. Any idea how long that might be? Nope. Okay. <laughs> very good. Very good. I'd just take a deep one, go under there. Russell would kind of dunk me under. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They tied sacks to my feet. Really? And I just sunk down just to sunk? the bottom. Wow. Mm-hmm. That sounds dangerous. It was extremely dangerous. <laughs> but that's why they hire people like you. That's right. So, uh, well, let's let's backtrack a little bit. Mm-hmm. How did you get started, like, in this industry? Do, were you a trained stuntman, or were you just named? No. <laughs> okay. I wasn't. Nope. Uh, I wasn't a trained stuntman, but it just so happened that I was used to falling through plate glass windows uh-huh. and other such How does objects. that happen? How were you used to that? Just by chance, you know? I'd <laughs> what? be walking down the street. Uh, there'd be like a mustard packet on okay. the ground. I'd slip on it, throw for <laughs> fall through a window. Wow! Yeah, it's 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 a hell of a thing. Actually, at when I showed up to this place, they were like, "Oh, we're doing a movie. We need a stunt double for this guy, Christopher Lambert." And I was like, "Oh, well, not for me." So I bid them good day. Okay. It was all just a misunderstanding. And then as I was leaving. The audition, you know, a movie set, they have wires going all over the place. I tripped, (laughs) fell out of a window, and, like, there was a truck that just had all, it was a plate glass delivery truck. (laughs) Really? I fell out of the window into this truck. The top of the truck was open for whatever reason. That's, that's where it's a top Very strange. Truck, okay. Yep. And for some reason, they just said plate glass piled up. And I <laughs> felt through about 12 layers. Wow. Mm-hmm. But I was fine. You, you know, made it out. I made it out. I climbed out. And Russell was like, wow, man. Unscathed. I'll have what he's having. That's right. Yeah. So they hired me on the spot. Amazing. And I just so happened to also be an expert swordsman. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so you did the underwater stunt. Tell mm-hmm. us about uh, what, what were some of the challenges you faced on the picture? Like, were there any really difficult stunts? Uh, were there ever? Well, they hoisted me up on those wires, and I am deathly afraid of heights. Okay, and wires for that matter. <laughs> yeah, my grandpa was in the mob. He was murdered by uh, Garot. He was assassinated. Garot? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's like a little wire you used to like strangle oh, right, somebody yeah. with. Yeah. So. You know, my dad's always like, you better look out for these wires. <laughs> uh, did you get hurt at all filming? I mean, I know you survived the, the plate glass fall, but w- did you did you sustain any injuries on set? And- nope. Nope, not a single injury. Okay. No. Mm-mm. Uh, that's, that's remarkable that you didn't get hurt once filming I, this movie. I had a good track record, you know. Huh. Uh, how, about, how about on other movies? Have you ever been hurt on a, on a project? Mortal Kombat. Okay, let's talk about that. That's mm-hmm. another big adventure blockbuster movie. Yeah, it's uh, it's my favorite video game based film. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. What's your favorite video game? Uh, my favorite video game is Dig Dug. <laughs> Interesting. I love that. Super. They haven't made a movie of that. No, if they did, I'd be the first to sign up mm. as stunt double. So tell us, <laughs> so tell us about Mortal Kombat. First, tell us about. Uh, Christoph's role and what you needed to do to prepare for it. Well, Christoph plays Raiden, okay. the uh, lightning master, who summons all the Mortal Kombat warriors together to fight Goro, the multi-armed combat man. Yeah. <laughs> so I was mostly Christoph's hair double. Hair double. Okay. Mm-hmm. He has like long white hair in that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you took care of that. Yeah. Like the the one the they were using a wig. That the, he had used in his other movies, like uh, 
Highlander okay. 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I remember uh, we talked to Christoph, and he, he talked about how much he loved the wig. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> That's one of his favorite wigs. He really <laughs> likes that one. He still has it to this day. He wow. wouldn't let me try that on. But okay. I just happen to have flowing locks of, of hair. Of white hair. Mm-hmm. I know. This is, it's been years since these movies have come out. Mm-hmm. Did, did you have white hair then? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. It's a little hard to tell how old you are. How, how old are you again? <laughs> how old am I? That's a good question. I am 76 years old. 76 years old. So Highlander came out 30 <laughs> years ago. So you were, you were 46 at the time. Yeah, that's right. That sounds about that sounds I'll, I believe it. Yeah. I'm on board. Well, you know, I keep in good shape. I have a healthy diet. What's your regimen? I wake up at four in the morning uh-huh. every day. I get uh, twelve hours of sleep. Okay. So uh, you go wait, so you go to bed at four in the afternoon? That's right. Okay. <laughs> I uh go for a run. Uh-huh. I only eat egg whites and vegetables. Egg I, whites and vegetables, all right. Mm-hmm. I don't drink. I don't smoke. Do you drink anything? Do you drink water? No. No, nothing. So no you liquids. get all your hydration through egg whites and vegetables. That's right. Do you ever juice the vegetables? Can you drink that? Yeah, I juice the vegetable. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That yep. sounds good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just get it did, if you know what I mean. Get it did. Mm-hmm. Hip some hip slang, man. That's right. I'm a very <laughs> hip 70. How old did I say I was? You're, you're 76. Six now. year old yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay. So you're, are you still in the business or are you retired? Oh, I'm still in the business. Really? What do you do now? Are you, are you still doing stunts? Uh, well, I still do stunts on any Christopher Lambert movie. Okay. Uh, he just kind of lets me know. So you and Christoph must have built a pretty great relationship. I mean, if you've been working together all these years, like, what, what's your relationship with him like? Do you guys ever hang out? Do you, you know, pal around? Uh, he's really more of a, a, a meal ticket. He's a meal ticket for me. That's how you see it? Yeah. Your namesake is a meal ticket. That's right. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, what can I say? He's an artist, and I'm just kind of a blue-collar worker. I just clock in. I have my own family life. What's your family life like? Tell us about that. I'm single. Okay. I live alone, and I am estranged from... (laughs) My children. Wow, that is... Certainly not everyone's definition of family life, I suppose. No. Mostly I spend my time trying to contact my estranged children by post, email, Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> basically any method I can. Do, well, this, this is a podcast. This is a, this is a multinational podcast. You have a platform here. Would you like to – I mean, hopefully they're listening. I'm – you know. This is a multinational podcast? <laughs> I think so. People listen to this? People listen to this from all over the world. You this have, podcast. This podcast. This very podcast. <laughs> So, uh, is there anything you'd want to say to your children? Yes, I Any do. advice or things you regret? I don't know. Things I regret. I regret this jet-setting lifestyle that took me away from my wife and children. So, this is... Hold on. Back up. So, mm. this is this is how they became estranged. That's right. Because you started working in the movie business. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, you know, Chris would be doing a movie in Japan, so I'd have to get flown out there and, you know, fight ninjas on a train or what have you. <laughs> really? Okay. It's a lot of time away. You know, little Burt Jr., even though that's not my name. This, yeah. We, they just named him Burt Jr. So his name's Burt Lambert. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Burt Lambert Jr. Yep. Wait, it's not even Junior. It's nope. Junior? Well, it's Junior, but... Is it... he named after someone else? No. <laughs> Wait, just thought it sounded nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
But Bert would be like, oh, mommy, the recitals tonight. Where's daddy? And she'd be like, I don't know. She's with. (laughs) (laughs) Things are getting emotional in the studio. Very emotional. I'm sorry. I'm sure you're missing out on his performances, recitals, that sort of thing. You know, all the important moments I missed out on just so, you know, Chris wouldn't have to fall through a plate glass window right. or sword fight some mope. So you've been connected then to the Highlander franchise, well, for now 30 years it would be. Mm-hmm. So t- tell us, what, is the, what does Highlander mean to you? Highlander means to me that you got to pick up a sword and attach a car battery to it mm-hmm. and try not to flinch when the sparks <laughs> fly. That's that's so it's just taught you quite literally what it means. It's like it's taught you just basic on camera technique. That's right. Okay, okay. I've never actually seen the movies. No, really. Do you know what they're about? What do you What do you think from your from your limited scenes that you've had to perform? What do you think Highlander's about? Uh, It's about a guy who has a sword. He likes to swim. Mm -hmm. He likes uh, parking lots. He likes uh, big. Empty rooms with lots of glass windows that explode. Uh huh. I think he's a lot like me. Interesting. We, we were around a lot of glass? broken glass. So, from what you've mentioned of the Highlander movie, mm-hmm. there's no plot. It's just a guy that likes stuff. Yeah. He likes to swim. Mm-hmm. He likes parking lots, mm-hmm. and he likes room with glass windows. That's right. So the whole movie's about that. <laughs> as far as I could discern. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, in, in that regard, what, what did you think Mortal Kombat was about? I'd have to know. Mortal Kombat was a guy, about a guy with beautiful flowing locks who liked lightning and watching karate battles. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he, it was, again, just about a movie that a guy that likes stuff. He's following his passion. Okay. <laughs> movie sets can be stressful. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are on edge. That's Short true. shooting schedules, those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Were there any blowouts on set that you recall? Yes, mostly from me. <laughs> really, from you? Mm-hmm. I've heard that you and Clancy Brown's stunt double got in it. And I believe, from looking through the credits, uh, Clancy Brown's stunt double's name was Clanky Brown. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard you and Clanky Brown got into some uh, some some scuffs. Yeah, me and Clanky. Uh, you know, Clanky, consummate professional, tall. He and I just did not see eye to eye on the role of a stuntman. We had very different philosophies. What do you think the role should be? I think the role should be uh, if you have something to fall through, you do it. That's it? Mm-hmm. Basically. What What was he bringing to his performance? Clanky was very method. He would really get into the role. He learned all of uh, Clancy's lines. Uh, he really he, he went full keel, and I just showed up. It was like a job. You know what I mean? Huh. I'm like, hey, Clanky, you know what? All you need to do is show up, swing this thing, fall through a window, and you're all set. Interesting. And he didn't think I respected the art. <laughs> Interesting. <clears throat> so we didn't really. To me, it was just a paycheck. Interesting. 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 <laughs> 
Rewatchers, quick announcement. Highlander Rewatched is going live. We'll do it live. That's right. Highlander Rewatch will be featured in the 2016 Philadelphia Podcast Festival. We'll do it live. We'd like to invite all our listeners out there to come down on Saturday, August 20th at 2 p.m. And Highlander Rewatch will be doing a live show at Tattooed Mom right on South Street in downtown Philadelphia. Make sure to head over to our Facebook page and click on events and you can see all the event details for our Highlander Rewatch live show as part of the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. Do it live! I can all right it and we'll do it live! It's going to be a great show. We're going to have some special surprises, treats, games, uh, and you get to meet us and we'd like to meet you too. Thanks so much for listening and on to the show. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Uh, I'm glad we got to talk a lot about Highlander, the first Highlander movie. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can talk about the sequels, maybe. Would you Would you be interested in coming back? Oh, and... I'd be very interested. <laughs> Do you have a lot of free time? I yeah. Mean, Chris, Christoph's not doing a lot of stunt-heavy work. No. I mean, he's he's gotten up in years a little bit, so he doesn't have much much time for old Lambert anymore. Even though earlier in this interview I said that I still worked with him on lots of movies. <laughs> not, not quite sure. You're trying to keep up appearances, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, he's done some dramas recently in France. Do you do, you do any – are you there on set just on standby? I mean, sometimes I'll, uh, you know, fill in for them while they're trying to figure out lighting and stuff. Okay. That's about it. That's about it. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, did we get to – did you get to say a word to your, your two children? Bert? No. But that time's passed. (laughs) (laughs) We'll let her lie. Well, next time, well, hopefully they've heard this. I hope so. uh, Hopefully, hey, if anything, we get two new subscribers out of this. Because they're going to wait to see what their dad has to say. Yes. So they're, I'm sure, patiently awaiting your return on this show. Mm -hmm. Um, On this nationally listened to podcast. (laughs) Internationally. 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 All right. Well, thank you so much, Christopher Lambert. You're welcome. For coming here. Uh, today um i look forward to talking to you again thanks again and we want to thank all the listeners out there for uh staying with us here and uh, i hope you got gleaned a lot of kind of insider info uh from our interview with uh mr lambert i think it gives really a fresh perspective (laughs) on the inner workings of the original highlander motion picture uh i i I wish we had known some of this stuff when we recorded our podcast because i think it you know it really paints some of those scenes in a new light i live to serve (laughs) Well, thank you very much, Mr. Lambert. Uh, thank you. Oh, Eamon, do you have any questions for Mr. Lambert? I'm sorry. I feel like I've been talking the whole time. Oh, you know what, Keith? That, that's okay. Uh, you know, I think, Mr. Lambert, you, you've lived an exemplary life, and I I thank you for <laughs> from the bottom of my heart. Okay. Hey, thanks, buddy. <laughs> very good. Well, this has been Highlander Rewatched. I've been one of your rewatchers. I'm Kevin. And this is Avon. Make sure to join us next week for another new episode of Highlander Rewatch. Bye-bye. Bye. I, did, I was in The Force Awakens. I did stunts in that. Really? Mm-hmm. What, what kind of stunts did you do in that? Uh, after hand stole... It's a Star Wars The Force Awakens? That's right. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have elaborated a little more. All right. Yeah, because that, that can be very confusing. So I was in Star Wars Episode Eight. Oh, okay. The Force Awakens, directed by J.J. Abrams. Uh, I was Han Solo when he gets stabbed 
Spoiler alert. Whoa. Now, actually, they built that big tube on Starkiller Base. That's an actual construction. That's an actual, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually fell off it. Whoa. For some reason, they, in this tube, erected, like, 14 sheets of plate glass that I fell through. You fell through all of those. Not, they're not even on camera. Why no, they aren't. Nope. They just did it. And then there you are, falling through. Mm-hmm. But that's your specialty, so. It is. It is. It's very good. 